In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. You're now listening to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. Fantasy. Where the fantasy football party happens, bitches. Bitches. Sucking their own dick. 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 Maybe football. Bienvenidos to the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast. My name's Christian Brito. Joining me as always tonight is Mr. Dale DeMott. What's up, Dale? What's up, Pug? Glad to be here. Uh, we have an awesome show for you today. And just a quick um, little tidbit here. If the podcast gets interrupted on my end, I'm sorry. My wife just ordered cookies um, to be delivered to our house for dessert. So I might get interrupted. Just giving you a heads up. Also joining us on the middle urinal of fantasy football is our writer, Michael Hoff. What's up, Mike? Uh, not much. I will not be interrupted by any cookies because the fridge is right behind me and the beer is nice and cold. Nice. So, wait, yeah. hold on. The middle urinal of fantasy football. Mm-hmm. That means... That means... Yeah. Uh, we're uncomfortable. People don't use us. Mm. Yeah, people, <laughs> they only use us when they have to. You know, <laughs> right. I was going to bring that up to you guys. It's like, you know how like Walmart does like their, uh, you know, they do like their little pep rally before they open the doors. You guys are like, that's basically, basically you guys, but the reverse. Like you guys are putting yourself down before you open the doors. <laughs> Got it. Just yeah. something. Yeah. Something I have noticed that I'm sure every other listener has noticed. Just, uh, yeah, I you think know. you're right. Yeah, not, you know, just putting it out there. Not, you know. It's just we don't want to set the bar high and then not meet the expectations. We'd rather set the bar as low as possible right. so that, you know, you can't complain Christian, about it. That's like Christian, th- uh, That's like how I deal with all my relationships in life. That's good. Christian, for everybody that is new to the podcast, I think we have a few new listeners lately. Um, would you mind giving a quick breakdown of what to expect, how many dick jokes uh, you're right. going to hear, and um, if it's if this podcast is or is not for you? I'll be honest, it's, it's a lot more than a few listeners. I don't understand what these people are tuning into, but I'm very uh, flattered by our listenership, how much it's growing. Anyways... Our podcast is taking fantasy football and making it about what it should be, which is fun. A lot of people get stuck in, you know, crunching the numbers and making it super analytical or going the other way around and making it not fun and, oh, I, 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 you know, collusion and making it stupid, whatever. Fantasy football is about actually enjoying an activity in a silly game, in a silly sport. We're obviously here to win. Like, I don't want to see Dale win. My goal is to make him lose. So that's what we're here for, but we're here to do it in an enjoyable way. There's going to be plenty of uh, jokes about, you know, the phallic region. Um, there's going to be you know, plenty of stats and news and information to go with it. Uh, but that's basically what Eat Sleep Fantasy is all about. Yep, yep, absolutely. And, you know, if, uh, we will curse every now and then. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, if you... If, if you get upset about van, that, leave. If you're in the Don't van, leave. if you're in the van with your kids driving to school, um, I hope they're your kids, and I hope you're driving to school. Jesus. But um, if you know, turn down. Maybe wait until they leave 
the car before you turn us on. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, also, um, guys, I really quick, I want to talk about something. Um, have you guys ever done like a cool draft party? Like, have you guys ever like been in like an all out draft party? Mm, Negative. Nope. Gotta try. No. Well, first of all, I want to welcome uh, one of our first partners of the season, Draft Party USA. Is uh, you can find them at draftpartyusa.com. Really cool guys. I met Frank uh, down at the uh, NFFC a couple weeks ago. Really cool guy. Really knows his stuff. Anyways, we have partnered with them just to kind of you know help them and and they're going to help us with some different things. And I just want to really quick just talk about a couple of things that they offer, which is really cool. And I think I'm going to go through this kind of list with you and and you can see what they have to offer. In particular, they have draft parties in Seattle and Honolulu. Listen to this. The one in Seattle, it's at Gordon Biersch. Um, for a pretty decent price, I mean, you can, they'll, basically what Draft Party USA does, I'll back up here. What Draft Party USA does, you tell them, hey, I'm going to be in Seattle. I'm going to bring my boys to, you know, for, for the weekend to do a cool draft party. What can you set us up with? They will do all the work. They'll put you in, they'll find you a nice bar or restaurant with a private room. They'll get you drink tickets, food, um, a draft coordinator, uh, make sure you have free Wi-Fi, your private room, and all that stuff. They hook you up with everything so you don't have to worry about it. I think that's really cool. So in particular, Seattle here, you can go to the Gordon Biersch, and they have appetizers, wings, mm. uh, the full experience, you know, get the whole draft board out. Again, you know, the private room. They really, you know, hook you up and do it right instead of, you know, finding just a local bar with outside seating that people are going to be surrounding you with. If you're going to do it right... Uh, definitely hit up Draft Party USA. And that that, um, that free Wi-Fi, by the way, that free Wi-Fi is huge. Cause think about think about. I mean, even my own drafts with my home drafts with my friends. There's always there's always the one guy he can't get onto the Wi-Fi. He's always having a problem. You always have to yep. wait ten minutes to connect everybody, make sure everybody's on the same. You know, they'll take care of all that for you. So yep. Yeah, and on and on top of that, I mean, there's like add-ons you can get, so you can get like. Um, you know, you can get somebody to help you assist with the draft board. Uh, we used them in Dallas and, you know, we had a, um, pretty cool draft. Uh, what, what would you call the person with the draft board? Like, um, a board, a draft board assistant, I guess. Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind of like a, kind of like a cheerleader type. Yeah, yeah. 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 Vanna white. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. Uh, you get like personalized gift bags and all kinds of good stuff. Um, the cool thing is, you know, either you can go online, like I said, Draft Party USA, or you can call them. Um, I'll just put out the number here just in case anybody's interested in going to uh, either Seattle or Honolulu at the Hard Rock. You'll probably talk to Frank or one of the people there, uh, one of the party coordinators there, 702-781-1148 if you're interested. It's, it's pretty cool stuff. Um, now we have, I guess, some news. I'll go ahead and narrate some news. Actually, we're going to play a cool game here. Man. I don't know if you ever heard of this game before, I but just, it's called... I got a. Man, your cookies just got there, and I'm back on my diet, and I'm yeah. Struggling. You heard? Did you hear the cookies come in? <laughs> they knocked on the door. Yeah. <laughs> um, and luckily, my wife is bringing me a plate of chocolate chip cookies and mm. some milk. That's the best wife ever. He needs some um, milk. <laughs> thank you. Um, okay, so we're gonna go ahead and play a little game. Mike hasn't had the opportunity to play with us, Shucks. but this is a listener favorite. Um, not really, but our listeners love it. Not really. We're going to play Boy Importante. It doesn't matter. Oh, the <laughs> game no one likes and that we keep bringing back. <laughs> People fucking hate it. <laughs> nice. We're um, not going to zappy. 
Hey, people Mike, hate it. you listen to the podcast. How do you feel about this game? Um, I, I honestly, God, I think it's more hysterical because you guys keep doing it, even though it's a train wreck every time. So I'm glad <laughs> to be part of it. <laughs> All right. Very, very good answer. Let's make some magic. All right. Okay. Go ahead, Dale. I'm going to edit this out. Sorry. I took a big bite of a cookie. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. To start off with the greatest game ever, we have a fun bit of news. Dale, that we Steven... hear you chewing your cookies. Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even remotely it's... hidden. Sorry. All Sorry. right. Continue. Okay. It's first piece obvious, of news. If anything. And you're just first, teasing Brio first, at this point. First piece of news. Steven Ridley signed a one-year deal with the Broncos. Interesting. Uh, more importante, or it doesn't matter? This could not matter less to me. Thank you. Yeah, I concur. It's it absolutely. doesn't matter. Okay, we'll move on. Yeah. I won't, I won't expand on the situation. This is fun news. Sammy Watkins is ready for camp. He is uh, reportedly a full go for the start of training camp. More importante, it doesn't matter. Muy importante for me. I think this is, you know, uh, this is a guy that a lot of people were hoping would be okay, you know, finally. Um, so this is good news. So hopefully it continues to uh, trend trend upwards. And, uh, yeah, so I think it's pretty important for people to have some stock in them. Uh, yeah, muy importante. What's the one thing Sammy Watkins can't do? Stay healthy. So yeah. uh, it's, it's a good sign that he's healthy. Um, right now, <laughs> if he can stay last, healthy, last year this only, time he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One yeah. of the best wide receivers in the league if he can stay healthy. the uh, The problem is that he's never stayed healthy. So this top is 15. very top fifteen. If he if he stays healthy, absolutely top fifteen. Yeah, but I, yep. um, this is very important because I that's the one thing you have to look out for, Sammy Watkins. Yep. All right, the next piece of news, um, we finally might be able to see a good bit of Corey Coleman. They say he's 100% healthy entering training camp. Uh, Muy importante, doesn't matter. Uh, let's go muy importante. Um, man, it's rough to say muy importante there. They need weapons on this offense, and we we know that uh, <clears throat> we know that there's the departure of Pryor, the addition of Britt, the addition of Njoku, but people are forgetting that Corey Coleman was there last year. People are forgetting that Corey Coleman was supposed to be the guy, you know, until he got hurt and Pryor became the guy. Um, so if he stays healthy, he has the opportunity to maybe be okay in this offense and at least give them some more options, you know. Not some somebody you're going to probably be drafting, but somebody you keep an eye on. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, cool. This is kind of news to me. This came out earlier today. Uh, again, we're recording this Thursday night, so this came out July 27th, um, evening. Martavius Bryant is not yet reinstated. Uh, Adam Schefter is saying that, uh, Bryant has yet to be reinstated by the NFL. Um, is this, first of all, is this news to you? Second of all, is it more importante or does it matter? This is, this is pretty muy importante to me um martavis bryant is a guy that i really liked a couple months ago in the past month his draft stock has gone up to the point where you're pretty much drafting him at his ceiling 
and that's not something you should ever do with any player. Draft them where it's the best case scenario. So I don't really like Martavis, and if you add to the fact that you are another little worry, another small trouble, I don't think this necessarily is anything outside of you know another little hurdle he needs to overcome. But it, for me, it's just another reason why I'm kind of staying away from a guy that I really liked previously. I think he's going to have a very good season, but I don't think he's worth his price anymore. Okay. Moyo Bertante. I don't think that it's much of a question if he will be reinstated. I think they're expecting him to be, but the fact that he hasn't been yet, um, you know, yeah, I'd put I a mean, little eye emojis next I mean, to it if I was tweeting this. I mean, you heard uh, Coach Mike Tomlin was saying that um, that 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 it was not unexpected, and that I think it was kind of a, a procedural sort of thing given the circumstances. So, I mean, I think once 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 toe meets ball and uh, yeah, should kick off the season. I think he'll be out there. So, yeah. But I'll also agree with Greedo though is that his draft stock has skyrocketed and it's almost to the point where you really have to make a judgment call now when you're drafting him wherever you are because he is going pretty high now okay so more importante or doesn't matter mike i'm gonna go with uh well i'm gonna go it doesn't matter i'm gonna go it doesn't matter as far as the news that he has yet to be reinstated because i think that he will so okay so all right um one more thing. I just, just I just want to say his his ADP amongst wide receivers was in the forties two months ago, in the thirties last month, and he's now wide receiver twenty six. See, that and, is what I think is more importante than him actually not being reinstated yet. I think it's more his his draft value or you know how it continues to go up. Yeah, okay. fair enough. Fair enough. Just yeah. just to kind of give you a little bit more background. Um, Bryant was uh, under a conditional reinstatement by the NFL. And uh, so they just let him know, hey, basically like probation. If he's if he stays good and, you know, keeps doing well with no troubles, he's good chance he's going to get reinstated. But just, you know, FYI, he hasn't been totally reinstated yet. But he cannot uh, – he will be able to participate in the off-field activities but won't be permitted to practice in or playing any games. So, just FYI. That's uh, that's good news. Or, not good news, but it's news that's worth reporting. Last thing, uh, we'll make this game short. Uh, more importante, it doesn't matter. Rob Gronkowski is a full go for training camp. It's, uh, Bilicek said that he has no limits and that he's uh, full force. He's back to his old self. Are we paying attention to this? More importante or doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. Because if he doesn't get hurt today, he's going to get hurt tomorrow. <laughs> I, you know, this is, I'm just saying, this is this is kind of how it goes with Gronk. You know, everybody says he's, he's a full go until he gets hurt. So, you know, I, I, I didn't expect there to be any real limitations going into camp. So um, I'm worried more about once we get to week one and beyond. Uh, I, I think it's muy importante because you know if he if he stays healthy, no one has him even close to any other tight end in the league. Like if he stays healthy, he's a top five wide receiver 
You know what I mean? Like he's he's that type of talent and that type of touchdown potential. Um, the issue is that you, he's going to break something again at some point. So yeah, um, right. he's healthy right now. He's good to go. I love it. I uh, I think I have him at number two amongst tight ends just because of the injury concern, and I'm I'm going to put him right back at one again. Hmm. I don't know if I'm ready to put him at one, but I, I'm okay with that. Okay. Stop um, eating cookies. You've missed one piece of news that I think is more important to hear. You tell me. Uh, Le'Veon Bell did not report to camp. Okay. Expand on the on the knowledge you have. Slightly important. No, you got to pick one, Mike. And the knowledge is just uh, he didn't get a... Uh, Muy importante. He's not under a long-term contract, so he yeah. didn't report to camp. So that's yeah. basically what happened. Well, I mean, okay. it's Muy importante because if the Steelers plan to be a... Uh, Super Bowl team, it's pretty important. But, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I I mean, it's something to monitor, but I don't think he's going to hold out very long. I'd be surprised if this came out to be a extensive sort of thing. So, yeah, it's something you monitor, obviously. It, you know, one of the six big players in your, in, in your redraft league. So, I'd say from yeah. that standpoint, it's more importante, but uh, just keep an eye on it. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't matter. And if I'm tweeting this again, I'm putting that little eye emojis next to the news, but it doesn't matter. I got a question for you guys before we move on from Bell. If he plays all 16 games, like if you knew he was playing all 16 games, would there be anyone you would rank above him? No. If Bell was playing all 16 games, mm-hmm. I still think I'd put David Johnson above him, but not by much. I If Bell, if I knew going into a season that David that uh, Le'Veon Bell was going to play 16 games, I would take him so far and away ahead of everyone else. I think the, so, too. The I, mean, issue, I can't argue with you, that's for sure. The issue is that whether it's a suspension, whether it's injury, whether it's this with this contract issue, there's always a little something. But I, he's just – he's he's the best talent fantasy-wise um, that we've seen in a long time for me. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's just another little thing to keep an eye out with him because there's always something that knocks him a little bit. Yep. All right. Uh, before we get into our next, um, stuff, actually today, I don't know if we even said it, but we're talking about late round, uh, players this, this today, we're talking about guys that are, you can draft after the 10th or 11th round, some maybe deeper people that you maybe not have research as much as others. You know, usually after the 8th, ninth, 10th round, most people are kind of throwing darts at that point or looking at their cheat sheets and looking at, you know, consensus rankings and stuff like that. Um, so we're just going to kind of give you some input on some of those guys. But before we do that, I want to remind everybody, uh, if you haven't already, go to our Facebook page and like the picture that we posted on the new contest. We're giving away an autographed Jeremy Hill football Um doesn't have a certificate of authenticity because we actually went and got it signed from Jeremy Hill. We <laughs> met him in Dallas and he signed it for us. So um, we don't have that, but take our word for it. It's real. Um, <laughs> take, our <laughs> take our word for it. All right. <laughs> Trust so me. That, that, that just decreased <laughs> in value. <laughs> so anyways, it's a really cool thing. All that you have to do is like us on Facebook and like the picture. And between those two things, you're entered to win. And then when it's time sometime before the beginning of the season we're just going to scroll through all our facebook likes and pick a random person and send them a football so right now that we only have like 
I don't know, 150 followers or something on Facebook. So you have a pretty good chance as it stands right now. Jump You're not competing against tens of thousands. And you have a better chance at winning a Jeremy Hill football than you do the lottery. So if you're playing the lottery tonight, you should go ahead and enter to win the Jeremy Hill football. I just I, want to point out that this puts some vivid imagery in my head of Dale standing on a street corner in a trench coat with like signed footballs inside of his coat. Like, <laughs> psst, yeah. hey, kid, you want to buy some autographed footballs? I got, <laughs> I got, I got uh, Jeremy Hill here. Got Justin Forsett. You know, got a Russell Wilson mini helmet that just gave away. Yeah. <laughs> um. Any other housekeeping we have to do today? Housekeeping? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, uh, again, I did want to. Again, uh, I I did want to selfishly uh, mention one thing. Okay. Um, I got a buddy of mine uh, at Jake E Hamilton who's uh, running a podcast for the People Charity League. You know, I know we all love to play fantasy, but if you wanted to put your winnings towards a good cause, if you have a charity that you you know charity that you're hits close to home or something that you want to contribute to. It's a fun league. You know, got some good guys in there so far, and he's looking for a few more spots. So uh, so basically what, you put up money, and then the winner, uh, yeah. all the all the money, go, all the prize money goes to a charity? It goes to a charity. It goes to a charity of your choice. Like, I'm, I'm supporting the uh, Michael J. Fox Foundation, which is for Parkinson's research. So sure, which is how I got into writing in the first place, because, you know, once my father got Parkinson's and so I decided to write. That was my creative outlet was fantasy football writing. So, you know, if just saying if you got something that hits close to home like that and if you want to support something, hit hit up uh, at Jake E. Hamilton and there's still some spots there. So, yeah, pick pick something that you are that's important to you and go for it. You know, that's awesome. That's one of those leagues that's really good because there's really no losers. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. We're all I'm take you up on that offer. I've got a all couple right. of charities that could really use it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into. Uh, by the way, um, since I got these cookies, I have not been able to eat them. My wife put the put some milk and a little plate of cookies next to me. Right. And because I'm doing a stupid podcast, I cannot eat cookies at the same time. Right. So they're not warm anymore. We hear just, you eating the cookies, Dave. <laughs> Okay, I took a couple of bites. This is why. But this is why you have to do what I do. You just drink beer while you record. That's why you can't hear it as much. I mean, you guys can hear me open the beer. Like, watch. Right. Ready? Wait. Oh, shh. Quiet. Wait. There you go. See. But that's about the worst of it. You know, like I don't. You know, I'm not. I'm not hearing Dale chew for you know, God knows how yeah. long. All right. Well, let's talk about some late round guys. You guys can be as long winded as you want because I have half a cookie left. All right, the first guy we're going to talk about here is Devontae Parker, the Miami Dolphins wide receiver. Uh, he showed some promise last year here and there. I think Kenny Stills is probably the value to get on the Miami Dolphins. And, of course, you know, there's Jarvis Landry as a PPR monster or PPR, whatever you want to call him. Uh, Devontae Parker is going as a 42nd overall wide receiver, 108th overall player. Uh, is Devontae Parker a steal to you guys? Is he a value at all? And what are your thoughts on him, Brito? Uh, Parker is fine where he's at amongst this this list of guys that we have here. Um, he's not as much of a steal as some of the other guys. Um, he's he's supremely talented, I think. Um, at least he was drafted. So he was drafted uh, in the in 2015, in the first round by the by the Dolphins because they wanted him to be that big outside guy. Um, 
but it's been all Jarvis Landry. And I just think there's other weapons in this offense that are better than him and will get much more opportunity in a Gase offense. Um, we've seen the connection between Tannehill and Jarvis Landry for years. That's not going to go away. Now, in a Gase offense, that's going to feature the tight end a little bit more than we saw last year. I think it's going to, we're going to see a step up in catches for Jay And I think there's room for Parker to grow, but I just don't think the offense can sustain another uh, immensely productive wide receiver. Okay. Mike, let me ask you this question. Right now, players like um, Richard Matthews, Corey Coleman, Jeremy Macklin are going before Devontae Parker. Do you agree with that? I mean, I would absolutely take Macklin ahead of Parker. Agreed. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, listen, there's, there was some – there was an uptick on the Parker stats. I mean, you know, he went up from 26 receptions in 2015 to 56 went up from 494 yards to 744. But the Dolphins are one of those weird teams, the Dolphins and also the Buccaneers in the sense that folks have such high high aspirations for every single offensive player on that team. You have to wonder which one of those is going to fall short. So, I mean, obviously you're going to pick Landry's going to produce, Ajayi's going to produce, which you guys are, you know, guys are already talking about. So, there's only so many mouths that can be fed by somebody of the likes of Ryan uh, Tannehill. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, I think Parker's nice where he is, but I also just don't think you should be hanging too many hopes on him because someone's going to fall short. And, you know, I would actually ask you guys, you guys being Dolphins fans, if you had to pick anybody as a fantasy perspective that would fall short, of expectations on the Dolphins, who would it be? Yeah, it's Devontae Parker for yep. me. Devontae yeah, Parker as well. That's and Kenny pretty Stills. much. Right. Then that's what I was thinking. That's why I asked. So, you know, yeah, I think he's someone to keep an eye on, but, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. All right. The next guy I want to talk about is a guy who I think is uh, a topic of a lot of conversations this offseason is Tyrell Williams of the LA Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be hard to get used to. But Tyrell Williams, of course, Keenan Allen coming back as a slot receiver, he's going to be a beast. Um, Tyrell Williams is currently being drafted right after guys like Adam Thielen, Kenny Britt, uh, John Brown. What are you thinking about this, Brito? Do you like Tyrell Williams? Yeah, I mean, Mike Williams is probably, I mean, he's he's not playing this season, you know, and uh, Keenan Allen is always injured. So we saw what Tyrell Williams did last year, and uh, th- why why is Tyrell Williams being drafted this low? Basically, like that's yeah, my question. Well, I think Tyrell Williams is a perfect example. There's not many like this, but he is a perfect handcuff to Keenan Allen, right? <laughs> like you're handcuffing Keenan Allen with Tyrell Williams. Not necessarily, man. Like Philip Rivers can sustain, I think, a wide receiver too, because. Gates is not going to do much this year between the 20s. Like, if he's there just to see if he can catch some more touchdowns to add to his career numbers, that's all Gates is doing. Hunter Henry, second-year tight end, he should take a little bit of a step forward. But if there's anybody that can, you know, be of supreme value for the Chargers this year, it's Tyrell Williams. And I don't understand why he's going so late after being – immensely productive last year and 
after, you know, having a quarterback that's going to throw the ball as much as Philip Rivers does. Yeah, he's going after Devontae Parker. Uh, do you agree with that? No, I don't. No, okay. I don't either, actually. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, one of the guys that I just mentioned a couple minutes ago, Adam Thielen, of course, the Minnesota Vikings with Sam Bradford as his quarterback, his wide receiver 45. Overall, he's going 116. Uh, I'm not really sure what to think about Adam Thielen. He kind of caught fire last year mid-season um are you expecting that fire to keep burning mike i'm i think there's definitely potential there i mean it's it's hard for for me personally it's hard to listen i know he did well last year but it's hard for me to trust a sam bradford led offense i mean adam thielen was one of four receivers that had 200 yard games over the course of last season yeah coupled with actually believe it or not marvin jones and then Julio Jones and Odell Beckham. Uh, you know, I think he's a good receiver to have. I like him quite a bit. I think I like Stefan Diggs more on that offense, of course, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I think he could definitely produce. He's one of those sneaky fantasy options late in your draft. Yeah. Uh, he was – he's the kind of guy – he was just kind of pretty consistently mediocre um, and then had – uh, two real boom games, the 127-yard, right. one-touchdown game, and the 202-yard, two-touchdown game in Week 16 uh, versus a very porous Green Bay secondary, which has played a little better in the second half of the year. Um, he's a guy that he's fair value. Um, some of these other guys that we have listed, Tyrell Williams that we just mentioned, they're real steals to me. Adam Thielen is an example of a guy where he's being drafted, you know, maybe a little below where he should be. I think you're still getting a value. I, he he was incredibly productive, and I think people are forgetting about him because of the the hotness in Diggs, the talent in Diggs. Uh, but Sam Bradford can do something. He's not a terrible quarterback. No, he's not a slouch. He, yeah. He's not at all. And so I think Thielen is still being slightly overdrafted. He's a little bit of a value and people are ignoring him in drafts. Like he, you, you can get him right now at a position where you'll feel very comfortable plugging him in, in your flex, especially in a PPR league. Like he's going to get you catches every week. Um, what, what I, was it? Uh, I mean, he had very few games where he did nothing. So he's at least going to get you some production and and get you through a week with the upside of having maybe a few games that will be big boom games. Yeah, he, right. had, I mean, about, he, had, not, he, he had about five games with five receptions or more, and the, the majority of those came from week 10 on. So yeah. I think in week five he had seven receptions, and after that his other, his other games with five or more came yeah, from week 10 the, or 11 on. Yeah, but everything. Yeah, everything yeah. that was uh, that was a good game, or everything that he had a lot of uh, catches outside of week five came in the second half of the season. Right. Right. If you, yep. yep. Uh, okay. Let's play a little game. Switching gears here. The chances Laquan Treadwell will be the wide receiver two in Minnesota, percentage wise. One percent. Come on. I'm not word. even kidding. I wanted one zero, I've, but it's it's I've very actually, very low. Listen, and this is the fun thing about me and Brito last year. I don't think I agree with him at all on anything. This year, I can't agree with him enough. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with him. Really not a chance. I'm, 1%. Yeah. You're giving him 1%. Yeah. Okay, so you've got Diggs, 
You've got yes. Thielen. You've got yes. Rudolph. You've got Dalvin Cook. You've got maybe Murray. All of those guys will catch more passes. Amen. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. That's a wide receiver. Do you think that Treadwell will take no. the second? Our, okay, our so just wide, just wide receiver? Okay, 10% yes, yes. chance. We have Stephon Diggs and Thielen. 10% chance. You, you Okay, you would have to have one of those guys get hurt for most of the season. <laughs> okay. I don't yeah. even think he's crazy for saying that. I'm I'm right there with him. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. No, I, like 10% is a little bit better. One, uh, we'd need to move from that. All right. Because I just uh, thought you meant in terms of catches, because Rudolph, Rudolph right. is, is the real wide receiver, too, in that team. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. We'll move on from Adam Thielen. Uh, slowly, he's becoming my boy for this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I think I kind of got cornered into it. And I'm feel I'm not feeling, uh, you know, I am feeling confident, but um, I get a lot of hate. I get a I just because I get so much hate on it. Ted Ginn, wide receiver of the New Orleans Saints, he's currently 169th overall, and he's a 59th wide receiver going off the board. I'm going to reserve my thoughts to see what you guys. And we kind of already talked about. You're not going to reserve your thoughts on your boy. But exactly. Why are you going to hold back the reins on your boy? Just fucking let us have it. Because before I spoil it, I want to hear you guys. Uh, Your your. You get it? Not really, but I understand what you're doing. But yeah, sure. I'll I'll make this simple for our listeners. Drew Brees can sustain uh, a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, and a flex. Right. Pretty much every year. Um, and we saw that last year. We will see that again this year. Uh, you know, I think Michael Thomas is going to be a supremely uh, valuable and, and good wide receiver one. Um, Willie Sneed will be a low-end wide receiver two, high-end three. And, um, and maybe you'll get, by the end of year numbers, it's not going to be pretty throughout the season, but Ted Ginn is probably going to get you know, low end wide receiver three numbers and is being drafted way, way later than that. So you got a guy who's going to be playing the deep route in New Orleans. He's going to have sort of the Cooks role, not as good, but he's going to have some games where he's going to have three catches for 150 yards and a couple touchdowns. Like, that's going to happen. And if you have him in a best ball league or if you play him in daily or if you just kind of roll the dice on him week to week, those end-of-season numbers are going to be pretty damn nice. Mike? I mean, yeah, I I agree. But it's just, you know, he's the kind of guy, he's not too reliable catching the ball, which I know has been, you know, mentioned a lot. You see a lot of things on Twitter making fun of him. But... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think yes. I think yes, end-of-season numbers, like Breeder was saying, he could produce some sneaky numbers where you could say, oh, my God, Ted Ginn, you know, Ted Ginn came out of nowhere. Um, you just have to hope that the hype doesn't start to rise on a guy like this because the moment any kind of hype starts to come up with him, then he's immediately useless to me on any kind of fantasy roster. Um, right. I, I did snag him late. On one of my uh, play draft rosters, uh, late. Good for you. Actually, also got Duke Johnson, Brito. Just so you're not alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, but yeah. yeah. So no, but again, I think as long as he continues to fly, fly below the radar, he he'll be a good little player to have. Because yes, Breeze is going to give the ball out to everybody. That's what he does. No, I just will Listen. say this: not worth it in PPR though. In a standard no. league, yes, PPR. Yes. He's going to get maybe 50 catches. Right. I look. I think. 
the 50 catch, I, I would take the over on the 50 if you want to make an e bet on that. Yeah, he had 54 um, last year. It's more or less, I mean, but it was his career high as well. So, right. I was yes. going to just say that. Well, yeah. he's, he's played much better later than he has earlier in his career. He has much better talent surrounding him than he did earlier in the actually, year. Anyways, his 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 career high was actually 2008 and 56, but I mean close enough. But oh, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, but his targets. Questions. What what people don't understand, Ted Ginn is at least last year and the year before, 2015, 2016 with Carolina, he was not a two, three, four target guy. You know, all season he wasn't just one deep ball guy. Last year he had 95 targets. The year before that, 97. He can easily sustain a Drew Brees offense. And let me tell you this: if if you do believe that Ted Ginn is the wide receiver three there, Drew Brees threw more passes to his wide receiver three than any other quarterback in the NFL to their to their third wide receiver. That's a good. So slap. if thank you, um, so I, yeah, I mean Drew Brees threw uh, what was it about 15 percent of his passes to his wide receiver three. So I really think that Ted Ginn, he's no, I mean, I guess we keep repeating ourselves. He's no Brandon Cooks, right? But he is a 95 to 105 target guy and a really good offense. And Drew Brees has very, very good downfield uh, vision. He's going to be able to hit Ginn a lot, I think. And, and he's going to take the top off the offense. We're going to ask Mark Har- uh, <laughs> Mark Carmen, <laughs> Matt Harmon. <laughs> Holy Matt shit. Oh, God. Uh, you'll get that joke in a, in a couple of minutes when we play the interview. So oh, much for asking him to follow me. That's, that's <laughs> over. Uh, you'll, it, it's a joke that makes no sense to you guys right now, yeah. but you listen to it. You'll understand. Um, and there's actually, you'll still hate it, uh, but you'll understand. Just fast forward to the end where we say right. yeah. Well, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I'll get off again, the Gen train right now, but uh, I think he's extreme value. Um, I, I'm I'm learning to love him, and I think it's because so many people are hating him. Dale's learning to love again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, let's move on. Uh, I think every episode for now until the end of the season is going to have Ted Ginn in it. It's like me with Isaiah Crowell. Like it was just a <laughs> thing that I had to do last year, just because yeah. the hate had gone so far. Yep, it's true. All right, the next guy, Jordan Matthews. This is an interesting player here. Uh, some off-season moves, adding Alshon Jeffrey to you know to the outside role. Jordan Matthews can truly play a slot receiver now. He's going wide receiver forty-eight overall, hundred twenty-six. I mean, um, I'm this is Armando's bit, boy. Yeah, I mean, and I hate to say it, but I'm 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 still pretty down on him. I mean. Uh, last year, he posted his lowest catch percentage, which was about 62.4. And uh, he scored eight touchdowns in each of his first two seasons, but only had three last year. And on top of that, he only had 100-yard performance last year as opposed to four in 2015. And now you're talking about adding Alshon Jeffrey, which, listen, I know we all hate. and We've talked about this before. Well, you guys have on the podcast because, again, I do listen even though you think I don't listen. Um, that his average draft position, you know, he's he's had a hard time performing up to expectations. But still, I think his inclusion into this offense only makes things a little worse for Matthew. So I'm having a little hard time buying into him this year. If you if you had to project his numbers out, Mike, what would you say he would finish uh, in terms of catches, yards, and touchdowns? I mean, I have him getting about five touchdowns. 822 yards and 
about 70 receptions or so. I mean, he's not too far. In my projections, I have Alshon Jeffrey finishing well beyond in yards and touchdowns as well. So, yeah. So you said I about did, five yard, five touchdowns, 800 five yards. Touch, 800 yards, about 70 receptions. Okay, so that would put so, um probably about wide receiver 40. Yeah, it's so, just it's not a game, but it's also I you know these are my projected numbers, but it's not if I'm there on draft day, there's probably other talent around that I would rather gamble on than Jordan Matthews, especially with Carson Wentz. I think, listen, I think Carson Wentz is going to be a good NFL quarterback. I don't know this is the year that we see him at his best. I think he's going to be one of those you know when we're talking about 2018, I think he'll be one of those guys that's really going to kind of flourish, but. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm just not seeing these. I'm not seeing the big potential out of Matthews. Not enough to draft him. I'll 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 let someone else do it. To be honest. Okay, I think he's okay. he's been consistent enough in his first three seasons that I think you can rely on him. I think everybody was waiting for him to be this elite guy because he's he stepped up first two years, eight touchdowns. Everybody's kind of hopeful. After his first season, what could he do in his second season? It was pretty much the same exact thing and didn't take right. a step forward. Third season actually took a significantly step back, but all because of touchdowns, right? And this fourth year, if you if you give him his career low, that's about wide receiver 40, and you're still outperforming your draft stock. So I think he's going to outperform what he did last year. So you're getting a guy that will, will probably be – at least somewhat of a value. It goes back to like what Adam Thielen was. You're getting a little bit of a value, a guy that if you just kind of want a solid production, I don't think the upside is there. So if you if you want a guy that's going to be a huge boom and be an elite, uh, you know, top 15 guy, that's not Jordan Matthews. Um, but if you want a guy that's going to be consistent week in, week out, and you're just kind of kind of maybe play as your flex play, your wide receiver three in a PPR league, that is Jordan Matthews. So it depends on what you're looking for with him. I think there is value to be had, however. All right. Let's move on to some running backs. Oh, I got a couple I got a couple questions here. Oh. Um, then the first guy I'm going to talk about, Brito, yeah. I think I think this is the same situation that I'm at with Gin. You're kind of forced to love you were kind of forced to love Duke Johnson Jr. I'm not forced to love him, I just do. It's not an arranged marriage. No, it pretty much is like I don't think you loved him, and then until people really started gaining up on you, then you like you like really had to love him. I didn't and love now, him until reports are saying that he's going to be thrown into a slot receiver as a as a running back, and and, and you're buying a hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, absolutely. Because now you, now I, you love him. Duke Johnson, the one thing that he's really good at, the one thing that he's excellent at, actually, is pass catching. He's been great at it since college, um, and he he's come out of <clears throat> he's come out in the first two seasons and averaged fifty seven receptions in his first two years. Um, his first year in PPR, he was the nineteenth running back. Last year, a little bit disappointing in a PPR league, but he was a thirtieth running back. Um, people were drafting him, you know, as a top twenty four running back in PPR. But this year, where, where give me his draft position right now? That you forty fifth. 
45th running back off the board. I think he's being drafted so far below what his floor is that there's no way he can disappoint you. Right. Like, he has— Where, where should he be drafted? Where's his value? He's a top 36 running back for me. And in okay. PPR, he's he's a top 30 or top, you know— 28 running back now it, de- it depends on the format of your league like i'm thinking in a half point ppr league in a standard league i don't think he's as valuable but in a ppr league like he's gotten 61 t- catches and 53 catches he's gotten at least 500 yards in each year he doesn't have the touchdown upside i think and that's what's worrisome but right if you're gonna if you're gonna say that he's going to be the slot receiver or whatever Let's say it's not true, but I think he's still, no matter what, due for an uptick in catches this year. I say he has at least 60 catches minimum, and for me, that's a top 36 running back, regardless of your format, who's being drafted 45th. Like, yeah. he's going so late. I, I I think I got him in, in our Dallas League. What did I get him? Like, the 13th round? Something like that, yeah. Like, why the hell not? And that's a half-point right. PPR league. Like, why the hell not? And if right. any, like, add to that, if anything were to happen to Isaiah Crowell, he's your lead back. Yeah. 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 Listen, I, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not debating Duke Johnson is going to catch a handful of passes that's going to help his overall uh, numbers at the end of the year. Yes. Can he finish in the top 36? Sure. Will, will he be productive enough and will he be consistent enough that you will really feel comfortable starting him as your flex i'm worried about the two catch 21 yards that you're going to get most weeks well that's (laughs) that's the uh the frank gore effect i think that's the what you're going to also get with a cleveland offense is you're not sure what's going to be his role the good thing is that it's cleveland they're not going to be in very many games. They're going to be behind, and Duke Johnson is the pass catching running back. I, so I mean, I, I mean, I, you, I mean, Brito's definitely correct, and I, I have to be honest. Actually, I mean, I was hard on Brito previously about his Duke Johnson love, but after looking back at some of his numbers, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely buying in now. I still think I like Woodhead more, but, and yeah, I, I agree. I mean. Listen, the Browns are going to be behind a lot because that's just kind of what they do. But I do think that they are going to try and really commit to the run here. I mean, they tried to bolster that right. offensive line. I do so. I think that's only going to help guys like Duke John, obviously Isaiah Crow, but Duke right. Johnson as well. So uh, yeah, I mean, and also interesting, uh, interesting, but completely useless stats. He had uh, seventy-four targets in each of his first two seasons on the button, but um. Yeah, no, I definitely, I, I definitely think Duke Johnson can do some good things. And yeah, again, if Crowell does go down, that's sky's the limit for it's Duke huge. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. My thing is, I'm not bumping him up based off the news that he might be able to play slot receiver for the Browns. Oh yeah, right, right. That's that, fine. That, that that was that was my argument. I'm not yeah. bumping him up yet, just based off the news. Right. I just think and there's going to be more opportunity this year, especially with the, the departure of Pryor. Sure. I don't and think I'll, Kenny Britt is Terrell Pryor. Right, and I'll I'll still take the bet that I think Woodhead will do better overall at the end of season than Duke Johnson. But I also think what what Brito's been trying to say, you know, for the last couple of days or so, you know, to us in private and on the podcast, is that the draft value, you know, Duke Johnson yeah. will definitely 
produce for where he's being drafted. So on that end, I do agree. But still, Brito, if you want to do an eat bet, I'm still waiting on you. I will say this, and okay. I, I, I said this uh, privately, and I'll say it, I'll say it here. Um, the numbers that Duke Johnson put up in a PPR league in his first two years, uh, 50, at least 50 catches and at least 500 yards receiving, right. um, Danny Woodhead has done twice in his career. Hmm. So Duke Johnson did it in his first two years. Danny Woodhead twice in his career. Well, so Danny Woodhead's then. 32 years old. If you say in a PPR <laughs> league, um, I will take Duke Johnson to outscore Danny Woodhead this year. In a PPR league, all mm-hmm. right. This is all right. Listen, we'll explore this off the podcast, but that's definitely an eat bet that we will, you and I will do. <laughs> and I, but I, I, I got to be honest, I've enjoyed agreeing with Brito this year more than I've enjoyed disagreeing with him the year prior. <laughs> all right, uh, I'm going to give you guys two names. You tell me who you want to talk about. I'll only pick one. Uh, do you want to talk about Joe Williams or Marlon Mack? Oh man, hmm. um, give me. Give me Joe, Joe Williams. Williams. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, yeah, really, you want to talk about Joe Williams, huh? Well, just rather than Marlon Mack. Okay, both guys are behind running backs that could, at you know, at any moment, not be the guy. Uh, you know, Carlos Hyde because all the reports are bad. Marlon Mack because Frank Gore is so old. Even though Frank Gore has been like the picture of health in his entire career, I just have a an ageism thing. I think. Uh, but speaking of Joe, yes, Willis, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But he, man, he's old. Like, holy crap! <laughs> uh, listen, this is listen. This is just not even fantasy perspective. Just, just general life. Just whatever. This is Frank Gore's last year in the sun he's here. This thirty-four is I, years old. I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure Twitter will, but I think this he's is his. Die. Uh, no, he's not. God damn it, he's not going to die. But I think this is the last year of his contract. So, obviously, they're not going to go ahead and re-sign him. So, he's going to be looking for work. No one's going to sign him. This will probably be an, probably be the end for him. But, again, it just he just doesn't go down. As long as he's playing on a roster, he doesn't go down. So, I think the idea of discussing Marlon Mack, like as if he's going to have some sort of fantasy potential, um, I'm not buying it. I, I so, will say um, this. Frank Gore... Like I, I think it's been three years since he's averaged four yards a carry. It, he's it, it not has gone good. Down, yeah, it's it's definitely gone down. It's not good, but and I know I, listen, I I argued with you a lot last year about him getting to a thousand yards, and he just <laughs> he barely. barely got it. Like, was, <laughs> like, like I was holding on to that lottery ticket last week of the season. You know? Yeah, he did it though. A yeah. thousand yards. I know, he got it. Yeah, he got it. Uh, let's talk about Joe Williams then. Uh, obviously, Carlos Hyde's backup. Joe Williams is currently going 53rd running back, 164th overall. If your league is drafting more than 50 running backs, Joe Williams should definitely be drafted. Right. You agree? He is the quintessential, like, you're hoping something goes wrong in front of him, whether it's injury or a cut or a trade, or by some means or another, he gets the starting job. And if he does, then he would have all the opportunity in the world. And so that's what you're hoping for with Joe Williams. And if that scenario happens, which doesn't seem like it's that unlikely given Carlos Hyde's track record with injuries, given the reports this offseason, which I know none of us are believing, but you never know in the NFL, um, you know, it could happen. He could end up being the starting running back. And at that price, if you could get a starting running back in the NFL – 
you know, it's worth it. Yeah, uh, Brito just hit on basically everything. It's just, it's, listen, just, you know, if you want to put all these reports aside about Hyde and about how the 49ers feel about him and if they're going to use him, listen, they're, they're not going to cut him, so we can just stop that now, please, for the love of God. So, but they drafted Joe Williams and they like Joe Williams. So I do think that he could eventually take over, but, uh, yeah, I, again, he, he's, you know, you can't trust Hyde as far as staying healthy. So, Williams uh, is definitely yeah. a nice little lottery ticket if you want to stash him away. So, okay. If, 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 uh, if you're in a deep enough league, of course, because, you know. Yeah, I agree. Like, right. what, um, be- do you guys, I was just going to ask, do you guys think, all right, because Shanahan came with an offense that, you know, was Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. Do you see it being like that? Do you see it being like a Carlos Hyde and then a Williams sort of thing? I I didn't before. Um, it might approach that a little more. But I think that narrative with Shanahan is only so because right. of what happened with Freeman two years ago. Given the opportunity okay. to do so, Tevin Coleman would have been the the lead back and had the majority of carries by a lot. The thing is right. that Tevin Coleman got hurt. Devon Freeman ran with the job, uh, literally. Like, he, he ran away I with it. it. I, I see yeah. what you did. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and that's what happened there. So you were forced into a timeshare. Like, they wanted to get Tevin Coleman involved because he's, he's got great talent. Um, so I think I still think it's, it's going to be the man for Carlos Hyde. But the more these reports come out, the more I think maybe it's a little bit of work for, for Williams. There's yeah, there's there's definitely some smoke there because I mean, like like I was saying on, on the last podcast I was on was that, you know, they Shanahan and Lynch definitely wanted to make this their team, and I think you're gonna see that even in camp. I think you're gonna see Kittle overtake McDonald as far as tight ends go, and I mean Hyde's too good to yeah. just be taken over, but I definitely think that they'll he'll he'll get phased out a little bit. You know that what this reminds me of. That's a a couple years ago, Courtney Kardashian and Scott Disick, oh, they got into sake. a fight, and it was in National Enquirer, <sighs> and even though the whole story wasn't true, right, like, even though, Is like, he wasn't, even he wasn't leaving her totally, mm-hmm. the National, that's what the National Enquirer said, but there was still some smoke there, you know, so, you know, obviously, then we kind of found out that there was some trouble in the house, um, so it's just like Courtney Kardashian and Scott Disick drama. Can I ask a question? Just like it. Lord, how did that story end? Because I don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't know, actually. Uh, I don't, I, since I yeah. since I had the baby, uh, we haven't watched too many. Keep going up with the Kardashians. Well, you, so. well, then you have you have a lot of reasons to thank that baby. So, <laughs> um, so we are not keeping up with the Kardashians no. in this household right now. Fuck the Kardashians. Yeah. So um, okay. I mean, I said Gladly. it already. Sorry, we're yeah. gonna but we're gonna end the episode. We're going to end the episode with one more question I have for you guys, and then we're going to get to the Matt Harmon interview, which was great. He talked about a lot of the guys that we just talked about. Um, but before we end this little segment, it wouldn't be fair to not mention Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is currently going as a 13th overall tight end and 125th off the board. 125th off the board, I understand. You usually want to take tight ends a little bit later anyways, especially the guys you know, the 9 to 12, 9 to 15 guys, um, tight ends. What are your thoughts on Jack Doyle? Does he have a top, I'll say it, does he have a top six 
opportunity here? Uh, If you had gone eight, I would have said yes. Top six, no. Because even though um, I can't even think of the second tight end's name there, they love to do that where they throw to the second tight end for any reason at all. All That's why we even know who Jack Doyle is. Um, That being said, I think he will finish the year as a top ten tight end. Like I think he's going to be there. I don't think he will. I you know, listen. It was like, it was like when Kobe Fleener was there, and then it was Dwayne Allen, and then when Fleener left to go to New Orleans, everybody was like, "All right, well, this 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 is Allen's time now. Allen is now the lone." Listen, Doyle was still there, obviously, but people had the mindset that Allen was now going to be the guy, and now you're kind of looking at the same thing where now Allen left and. Oh well, you know Doyle's there, so Doyle's gonna be the guy. I just I don't know. I don't trust the tight end position a lot in Indianapolis. Is basically what it sums up to. It doesn't have as much to do with Doyle as a tight end as it just does the way that they run their tight ends over in Indianapolis. So sure, yeah. Just just to kind of uh, let you guys know, last year Jack Doyle was the second most targeted receiver on the Colts um, for Andrew Luck with seventy five targets last year and five touchdowns. Um, T.Y. Hilton just dominated with 155 targets for the year. So do you see Jack Doyle getting plus or minus 75 targets this year? Uh, plus. Minus. Okay. Moncrief. I will break the, I'll, I'll break the tie. I'll, I'll, break, I'll break the tie and say plus. I think Jack Doyle is definitely a value in this offense. And going as a 13th tight end, I will be super happy if I wait the entire draft and get him before I kick pick my kicker in defense if if he's available oh yeah i, I have mean no problem starting him. for where you can get him as opposed to other tight ends yes i mean from that standpoint yeah he's, right. he's a good right. he's a good value yes but i'm more worried about his end of season numbers so but yes sure value plus, plus or minus yeah. plus, over under five and a half touchdowns shit he had five last year I know, but I like him right at five again, to be honest I with you. Th- I say six, so I guess I'll go over. Yeah. And Mike's going under. Yeah, I'm going to go under, but I mean, by, I, I honestly see him just, I see him kind of repeating the same sort of numbers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have I, I have him with five touchdowns as yeah. well, so I'll go under. Okay. I think five touchdowns is very reasonable for him. I know right. you wanted to close out on him. We got two guys on the sheet that I just want to mention. If you wait to the very last pick in your draft to grab a tight end, Cameron Break going as tight end 19, behind seven tight end uh, yeah. spots behind OG Howard makes absolutely no sense for a top 10 tight end last year. This is killing me. This is killing me. There's and CJ Fedorowicz. Okay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, there's certain things with drafts. Every year, I mean, well, as far as average draft position, every year there's something that kills me. And just like it would anybody else. But that, the fact that Howard is still that far ahead of Brait is ridiculous. And the fact that. Right. Like, I, I just, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't. I, anybody that has a fantasy mind should not be drafting Howard in front of Bray. Just or they shouldn't be drafting Howard in end. any redraft league. If it's a dynasty uh, o- league, fine, whatever. I, you know, yeah. fine. But OJ but, Howard, OJ Howard should not be drafted in any redraft league at all. Right, right, and 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 the fact that you can say that, and the fact that he's ahead of him is just, I can't even. Yeah. yeah, it'll it'll, it'll move by the time the season gets I closer. I hope so. I mean, it's been this long. It hasn't moved much. And C.J. Fedorowicz, like Christian mentioned, 
27th tight end of the board. He's so free. Pretty much not even not drafted. Drafted yeah. 238th. Yep. He's, he's free value. in deep leagues. He's free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's exactly. a great so. value. Yep. Yep, definitely. All right, let's get into uh, Matt Harmon's interview. He had some good insight. Uh, again, we thank him for coming on. Um, let's play that, and then uh, I guess we'll end the show. So here's uh, Matt Harmon. All right. Uh, joining us now is a little bit of a jack of all trades, uh, famously known for his reception perception, Mr. Matt Harmon. What's up, Matt? How you doing? Oh, I'm good, guys. This is really a fun time of the year. It's when I always say that this is the title when the title wave first hits and takes you under uh, the NFL season, and then you pop your head back up in January, and you're like, where the hell did the last uh, six months go? So this is fun. This is the beginning stages where the table gets set, and also it's when things like Kenneth Dixon gets hurt, and then you're like, oh, right, everything that I think right now is going to be completely wrong and wasted in like two weeks when everything changes. So it's a fun time, and, and I'm happy to be talking to you guys. We're almost upon fantasy Christmas, which is the draft season, so uh, really that's the best time of year, uh, but... Anyways, uh, you know, we have a lot to talk to you about, so I want to dive straight into some fantasy questions. I want to first talk about Allen Robinson because he's a guy that's been messing with my mind for the past two years. Um, 2015, he was a guy that you rated really highly before he even had his breakout season of of 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns. Um, Last year, same number of targets, but 500 fewer yards, eight less touchdowns. What Allen Robinson are we getting in 2017, and did you see anything different from him last year? Yeah, I think that he definitely had a down season as an individual player last year. I think he would even admit that. There's a really good article in Bleacher Report uh, with Tyler Dunn, who, who was writing basically about mostly about his tattoos, but also Robinson hmm. talked about the way like that season went uh, last year and, and how it kind of affected him mentally. And I think that I think that we always forget about that that these are human beings going through things too uh so i think that we'll probably see something in the middle between those two seasons last year i mean volume we know is the most historically sticky stat for wide receivers and i do think in general the uh offensive play calling in jacksonville will change to some degree obviously they spent a top pick on a running back you would like to think that's going to lead them to more uh, rushing in general, especially with a really good defense, they should continue to make strides and be on better game strips. But at the same time, I still expect Robinson to lead the team in targets. I think he gets somewhere between between those two numbers, the, the, the great 2015 season and the really slow uh, 2016 season. So I think we're looking at somewhere between like a wide receiver 12 to 15-ish finish this year from him. Fair enough, and that's pretty much exactly where we have him rated on our podcast and um, where a lot of fantasy experts have him rated. He has definitely that upside, a little bit handcuffed by Bortles, in my opinion. I I didn't see too much to to knock him on last year uh, outside of a couple games. Um, But to transition a little bit, got to start out here, man. Is it difficult being a hipster on a day-to-day life? (laughs) Well, man, I'm not a hipster. I just play one. I'm just in character. What if, what if that's really the truth? What if it's all just an act? Uh, no, I think, I think the, uh, I think there are certain aspects of it. Like, you know, you get, uh, you get so involved with your hair, uh, that you have to feel like you need to be, you know, in character and looking good all the time. 
so there's that aspect of it. Uh, but no, it's not too difficult. I find the, the lifestyle to be enjoyable. I know Mike has a question here he wanted to ask you. Well, being a uh, being an IPA guy, what is the uh, current IPA of choice that you have? I, so I got to admit this. You know, I live out here on the West Coast now. I'm in L.A. I, I really enjoy the West Coast IPA scene, and I, I had a pretty big debate, you know, just internally that I really feel like I sold out to the West coast beer scene. And I, I definitely dig, uh, you know, stone, especially is a great brewery out down nice. near San Diego here. I, their, their delicious IPA is, is pretty clutch. I just had a few of those this past weekend, but I got to admit this, this isn't quite answering your question, but I think the East coast IPAs are better than the West coast IPAs. I think that is my, after going back this, this past summer and visiting, I've had a lot of good breweries down there, like the the IPA from Highland Highland Company Brewing in, in North Carolina is a really good IPA, and I think this, I think they're more drinkable East Coast IPAs than than West Coast IPAs are. So that is my final stance on on what you, what is better, West Coast or East Coast IPAs. I'm thinking I'm going with the East Coast. Yeah, I actually just found a uh, a, a Citra Hero, which is uh, from Revolution Brewing out in Chicago. It's a uh, it's a citrus IPA and uh, it's it's pretty solid so far. It's it's making the cut as far as I go here. Yeah, citrus you can't really go wrong in with your IPA. No. That's a good choice. But I did have a uh, one one guilty pleasure uh, question I asked you about the wide receivers. Now this is more of a dynasty sort of question, but what is your stance on Trent Taylor out in San Francisco? So I don't have like a, a real in-depth Trent Taylor take. He wasn't a player that I charted for reception perception. I, the most I really got to see of him was when I was watching his teammate, Carlos Henderson, who I'm a big fan of. But mm. I do think obviously we've gotten a lot of, uh, we've gotten a lot of, or at least a pretty decent amount of reports out of San Francisco that he's looked good, at least in the mini camp portion of the off season, which is a good sign. I was actually just on a 49ers podcast the other day and they asked yes. about Trent Taylor and, and I do think that he's somebody that, that has a chance for some opportunity there to, to catch on with the roster. I think Bruce Ellington, who, who is a guy that I like, I think he's kind of probably run out of chances at this point, even though I think he has the potential to be a good player. He's been hurt too often. He's probably not going to be the spot receiver. They did bring back Jeremy Curley, uh, to be probably a, which is a good sign for, for Curley's prospects. It's kind of like a deep sleeper because – Right. He did lead the team in, in, in targets last year, and this was a new coaching staff that immediately identified him as a player to bring back. That's always a good sign. Uh, but, you know, for going into the future years, if they like Trent Taylor, he's definitely somebody that can stick on the roster as kind of a, you know, a deep slot receiver. And, and this will be a high-volume pass offense this year, most likely simply because I think the 49ers will be playing a lot of catch-up football. Yeah, that's probably true. And uh, Kyle Shanahan, that was his uh... – draft day crush i mean his 2016 season in louisiana tech was 136 receptions with 1800 yards and 12 touchdowns so be very interesting to see how he you know uses them at some point right we got a mike you're a san francisco fan let's move on what do you want from me i, <laughs> I, I got a question here Matt, and I know it's a question that's probably been driving you a little bit insane during this off season, but uh, Michael Thomas was another stud for you before. Um, and now that Brandon Cooks is gone, <laughs> uh, how do you see his role shaping up 
and not only his, but the rest of the San Francisco, re- uh, sorry, the uh, rest of the Saints receiving core uh, with Snead, Ginn, Coleman, and those guys? Yeah, great question. Uh, I really like Michael Thomas this year. He, his reception perception was really confer- really good. It confirmed kind of what I thought about him, which was obviously positive. Uh, his success rate versus man coverage this past year was a 74.6%. That was uh, a top five score among all receivers I charted this past year. Uh, and he came out really good pretty much across the route tree. The only route that he was under the NFL average was a uh, route I categorized as other, which is mostly improvisational or scramble routes. So you're not really taking too much out of there. I mean, he passed the test of flying colors. It was the second best rookie season I've charted since Odell Beckham back in 2014. So I'm really impressed with him as a player. And I think he'll be, I mean, he's going to be the top target and especially the top red zone target on a Drew Brees led offense. Uh, I realize that some people are worried that, you know, is he going to get enough volume like a traditional number one receiver? I don't think he's going to push for the te- the you know NFL lead in targets by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, the the Saints have never funneled to one wide receiver before, but I also don't think they've ever had a wide receiver like Michael Thomas before. So I'm all in on him. I think he's got a great floor uh, and obviously has a great weekly ceiling too playing in that offense. And so that brings us to kind of the rest of the guys. Willie right. Snead is somebody that I've been a fan of for a, a long time. If you've been following reception perception, uh, right. This year, for the, the guys that I chartered for the ultimate draft kit with the fantasy footballers that I partnered this year, he was the only receiver that actually came out with an above-average success rate on all routes on the route tree. So he's a guy that I think is a really great technician. He'll run most of the high-percentage routes from the slot. Uh, I'm, all, I'm all in on speed, too, at his cost. I don't think he has a great touchdown projection, but he can easily get over, you know, kind of get to, like, the 90-catch range, uh, go over 1,000 yards. He's already finished near like the wide receiver 35 in standard leagues in his last two years, and he's definitely due for a target bump this season. So hard to hard to not like his outlook. And and Ted Ginn, everybody hates Ted Ginn. I get it, uh, but but he's in line to be a deep threat in that offense, and he will definitely have some big weeks. Uh, they will be super unpredictable, that's for sure. He's not going to like directly replace Brandon Cooks, but. He will be the deep threat, and he's super cheap, uh, especially in be- you know in best ball leagues. It sounds like a cop out, but in best ball leagues, he's like near free, so you might as well take that that tumble. So, I think that's kind of how I see it shaking up uh, it, with the wide receivers there. Hey Matt, yeah, uh, r- really quick. I'm sorry, uh, just to interject here. Who do you think has a better value right now, draft day value, Snead or Ginn, just based off ADP and where they're going? Yeah, I don't. I think they're both they're both appropriately priced. I mean, Ginn, I guess, would say is the better quote unquote value at like a wide receiver. Like he'll outkick his wide receiver sixty ADP. He will finish higher than that. Sure. Uh, whereas Willie Snead is priced right now on per fantasy football calculator at wide receiver thirty two. I think he I think he outkicks that as well, but like not by as many spots. So if that answers your question, but but I think they're both appropriately priced. And in a PPR format, I take. Willie Seed in the fifth round pretty much every time he's a player that I want to own at, at that draft cost. Right. Because Dale's been a guy here, the only guy on our podcast that is out on Sneed. Um, <laughs> I think I'm the, the, the only guy on Twitter, I think. The very simple argument for Sneed and his price for me is he finished as wide receiver 35 last year. And that for me is his floor this year. And that's where he's being drafted. He's being drafted at his floor. You can't get any better yeah. than that. Yeah, and I, I do get the reservations because he has never he hasn't been a touchdown producer. 
um, through his first few seasons. But like we're saying, he's due for a slight increase in targets. And I, I know the temptation, like, there's probably he's probably not a fit on every roster, you know, and I think it's important to always try to make your picks complementary of each other. So if you get to that sixth-round range and you're wanting to take a wide receiver and you've taken more high-weekly floor guys ahead of, ahead of uh, Sneed, maybe you don't want to take him there. You might want to go for somebody with a, a wider range of outcomes and a higher weekly ceiling potential. So uh, I, I think that I, I can understand the argument to that degree. Right. Uh we had two more questions here, Matt, before we close it out. Two guys. I know normally people will ask you one guy who's your, where you're going to plant your flag on or your stud or your darling or whatever. Pick two guys for this year that you really like more than anyone else. Uh, okay. I, I don't want to – I mean, this is someone I think people know about, but Stefan Diggs is definitely a player that I don't want to leave a draft without Diggs. I mentioned just talking about roster construction uh and i think he makes sense regardless of how you're making your picks right now he's going off the board at wide receiver 33 on fantasy football calculator give me a break like he's definitely gonna as long as he's healthy he'll definitely outkick that um and i think right in that range of players like that we're talking about jameson crowder willie sneed uh stefan diggs and emmanuel sanders he's the only one of that tier that i think has wide receiver one upside in his range of outcomes so He's a rather obvious one that I want on – like I, just, I do not want to leave drafts this year without Diggs on the roster. And then I think another guy that I'm totally in on that, you know, maybe as many people – maybe as many people aren't or, or he's still super cheap is, is Cameron Meredith at wide receiver 43. I, I really like Meredith. Um, I don't have this year like necessarily a guy that I'm willing to all the way go to bat for like I have with Robinson or Tyler Lockett in years past. Um, but if anybody is close, it would be Meredith just because I think he is, I think he is very good. And I think he's in line for a a nice opportunity and going off the board around the ninth round. I think that he definitely has the potential to exceed his cost. All right. Fair enough. Um, we do something on our show a little bit silly. It's a little difficult to do with your name, but we have people rank the people with their names. So we're going to have you rank the Harmons. So we got Mark Harmon, the Harmonica, Fifth Harmony, the girl band, or Bone oh. Thugs in Harmony. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let me just say this. Uh, Mark Harmon is going to be last, and <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very petty reason why. Uh, because, and I'll tell you the story. So, in middle school, I actually, in sixth grade, I won best in show for the entire Prince William County Science Fair, for which is a pretty cute thing, I guess. Uh, really lets you know that I was a super dork from right from the beginning. And um, the principal went, yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. At least somebody is. Uh, and the principal, when announcing it on our school announcements, called me Mark Harmon, and I've never let that go. So <laughs> for that reason, he can be, he can be last. Um, and then I think I would go... Fifth harmonica at third there, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and then harmonica at number one. I'm a big fan of the harmonica, the sound of it, uh, and I have no idea how people play it. And, like, it just seems so intimidating because I play the guitar, and I see some, like, guitar players that also play the harmonica, and that's just incredibly impressive to me. So that's going to be top for, for me in this, in this ranking. Awesome. Okay. All right, so the harmonica tops it all. Um, before we let you go, Mark, 
That was a joke. <laughs> Never coming back on this podcast again. <laughs> uh, before we let you go, do you have anything uh, you want to tell our listeners about uh, where they can find you at or, you know, some of that stuff? Definitely. So I think the big thing I'd love for people to consider right now is to consider purchasing the ultimate draft kit. Like I mentioned, I partnered with the fantasy footballers this year to release more reception perception data uh, in their ultimate draft kit than ever before. Uh, I put out profiles on 50 NFL wide receivers, 19 rookie receivers. You get access to all the data that I chart success rate on every single route, how often receivers run each route, which coverages are most successful. Pretty much anything you want to know about a wide receiver, it's in the ultimate draft kit this year. And all you have to do to purchase it is go to receptionperception.com. And there's a picture of my goofy little face there. If you hover your mouse over it and click the link, you'll, you can buy it through there. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really the main thing I, I'd love for people to consider uh, purchasing. And if you want, to, you want to get more reasons why you ought to do it uh, or, you know, maybe have me talk you into it, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB and use the hashtag reception perception to see some of the graphs that i tweet out awesome all right well thank you so much for joining us matt and uh have a good rest of your evening and uh enjoy your ipas out there cheers oh you know you know i will my pleasure thank you guys for having me on and i hope you have a good season thanks mark nice (laughs) all right we're back uh again thank you to matt Harmon for joining us we appreciate it appreciate his time uh, Mike, Christian, do you guys have anything that you want to add before I start playing the Barking Dogs? Do we want to mention the Listener League? Yes, let's do that. All right, so uh, we will be doing a Listener League again this year. We are Can opening. A, maybe. No. Well, Damn. No. Well, it's going to be a random drawing. Why would you say no, Dale? Maybe. Because if if I get Mike's name, I'll put him back in the hat. Whose side do you want? Brito's got me. <laughs> Brito will take care of me. Yeah, yeah. Brito. We'll see if you get it. Randomly, wink, wink, pull Mike's name. Um, <laughs> anyways, how do the listeners get into our listener league, Dale? Uh, two ways. One, uh, reviewing us on iTunes. It helps us so much. Um, I don't know what it really does for our ranks. Apple's kind of weird with their analytics and stuff. But it definitely helps us as an overall podcast seeing our review numbers get up there. Uh, for everybody that has reviewed us, you definitely have a chance to still get in. Just screenshot what you reviewed, and that's fine. But if you haven't reviewed us, go ahead and review us, screenshot it, and email it to eatsleepfantasy at gmail.com. Or I guess you could – yeah, just email it. That's the best way to do it, um, eatsleepfantasy at gmail.com. I'll save all the screenshots and save all the email addresses, basically put them in a generator. We're going to do a 16-team league this year. Um, I'm not sure if any of us on the podcast are going to be in it because we want to include as much of you as we can. One of us will be in it. Me. Okay, maybe. One of us will be in it. We will also randomly select who. Okay, Okay, that's fun. Okay. And uh, it doesn't help or it doesn't hurt if you like us on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, be active with us. If you want to drop us a comment and saying, hey, listen to last pod. You guys are awesome. That's that's always helpful. We appreciate that. Just being part of our community and interacting with us um it really helps us out by getting our word out and getting our podcast out to people who may not have heard us before is there any other way that they can get into listener league that we talked about because <laughs> i don't remember let's just leave that yeah there uh, was another I, way but i don't want to mention it well uh okay uh 
get away from that. Uh, I, I would just say, too, um, we are going to start to put some uh, content online. I mean, I know the meat and potatoes of Eat Sleep Fantasy has been the podcasting. I mean, with good reason, it's been good stuff. So, But uh, we are going to start to get some content online there for you to check out at uh, eatsleepfantasy.com. So uh, just just nice. keep just keep an eye on that because it is coming. Uh, by the way, if you're on Twitter... You can follow uh, at dbro underscore ffb. That's Derek Brown. That's not even yep. me. That's you know I'm just plugging somebody else. No, he, uh, he's actually people. doing that. Yeah, Derek is doing our a series for us. Uh, 320 facts. So he's doing 10 facts per team, and it's amazing. And if you guys haven't started reading it, he has a couple of divisions out now. Uh, go to our website and check it out. Like the facts are just very well thought out. It's taken him a while to do it because they're like super deep and. Very good analysis. He really so if you haven't heard. He, he really is busting his ass. He's doing a good job. So it's definitely it's, it's yeah. fucking awesome. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, if if it's anything that you should read on our website right now, it's uh, Derek's. Uh, I think we call it the Road to 320. Yes. And he's just releasing it a little bit of a time because it's taken so much time and so much energy to dig up all this stuff. Man, that is um, that is a lot more than a uh, hundred. Yeah, it's not. It's, <laughs> so it's better than a hundred, right? Well, we we can't do a hundred facts you, because you can't do hundred. I don't think anybody can do hundred. Actually, I think that's <laughs> that's outlook. Um, again, if you want to follow us on Twitter at Eat Sleep FF, find us on Facebook. Uh, we don't have much of an Instagram presence. We don't really put too much out there, but you can always follow us there as well. Um, we have a couple of things in the works that we're going to get to. Can again, I, can I spearhead um, the Instagram campaign? That's all you, it. man. Dale is like, <laughs> well, like a guy you guys that's not. Like, you guys Lonely. better not do it then if you say I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yours. Um, you sure? All yours. Yep. Because yep. uh, I'm going to get mad if it's not. But, all right. Again, uh, thank you to everybody listening. Um, our podcast has actually grown tremendously over the past month or two because of guys like you that are listening. So we appreciate it. I think that's all we have for Christian Brito, Mike Hoff. Oh, follow Mike at the ff realist on twitter as well for christian burrito mike hoff i'm dale thanks for listening and we will uh, talk to you guys next time